In the year 9th Hijri, also known as Amul Wufud, the Prophet ﷺ, he was given the reins of leadership were handed over to him and the Prophet ﷺ, you could say, was ruling over the whole of the Arabian Peninsula. And in the 10th Hijri, the Prophet ﷺ was shown a dream. I saw in my dream that I had two gold bracelets. I disliked these bracelets and I blew in these bracelets, so I interpreted these, this dream to mean Al-Kadhabain, the two great liars, the liar of Yemen and the liar of Yamama. Now, this man who was from Yamama, he was a very evil individual. The narrations mention that his name was Musaylama bin Thumama bin Kabir, and he was born and raised in Yamama, which in today's day and age is called Al-Jubayla. There were many tribes that apostated after the demise of the Prophet ﷺ. And in this group falls Musaylama as well as the one who was from Yemen, Aswad al-Anasi. They were those people who were after dunya. Abu Bakr sent Ikrimah bin Abi Jahl towards Yamama to deal with the Banu Hanifa. Now the Banu Hanifa tribe, they were so great as warriors that they mentioned that the army that fought in the battle of Yamama, it was 40,000 men strong. Ikrimah bin Abi Jahl he goes forward and he stays and he camps just outside Yamama and looking at the situation, he decides that I should go and attack Banu Hanifa and Musayna Makadab. Banu Hanifa and Musayna Makadab, he repels the attack and causes severe great losses and great casualties against the army of Ikrimah bin Abi Jahl radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Now Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he sent direct instructions to Shurahbil bin Hasana radiallahu ta'ala anhu. He also fell into a misconception and he decided that I should attack the Banu Hanifa tribe and he tried to overpower him but the same situation happened to Shurahbil radiallahu ta'ala anhu he was defeated and he was sent back by the Banu Hanifa tribe and Musaylama Kadhab the narrations mention that Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu he wrote to Khali bin Walid that his name was Musaylama bin Thumama bin Kabir now in his youth he traveled far and wide and he tried to gain influence amongst, amongst his own people as well as other people to such an extent that in his life the main aim and objective was how can I influence and gain popularity amongst the people. He started learning magic, he started doing witchcraft, sorcery. The narrations mentioned that once he was known to have practiced a magic trick where he managed to fix a bird's wing back together and from this people started believing in him. Now from this we can understand that this individual, even when the Prophet ﷺ was in Makkah al-Mukarramah, he was trying to gain influence and copy the Prophet ﷺ in Nubuwa and try to be like the Prophet ﷺ. Now when he came to Medina to Munawwara with the Banu Hanifa tribe to accept Islam, he stayed outside tending the camels and taking care of other parcels of the Banu Hanifa tribe. Now when the Banu Hanifa tribe went to meet the Prophet ﷺ, the Prophet ﷺ asked in regards to Musaylama, and he gave gifts to the Banu Hanifa tribe 
and alongside this he gave a gift to Musaylama Kazdab. And when he gave this gift, he was told by the Banu Hanifa tribe about Musaylama and the Prophet coined his famous phrase in regards to him and he said that verily this man, Musaylama, he is not the most evil one from amongst you. Now Musaylama hearing this from his companions, he went back to the Banu Hanifa tribe. He took advantage of this and he started telling people that see the Prophet ﷺ has said, I am not the evil, most evil from amongst you, meaning I am also a prophet and that I am also sharing the nubuwa of the Prophet ﷺ. But in reality, the Prophet ﷺ meant that he is not the most evil amongst you, meaning you're all evil, but there are many other evil people similar to Musaylama Kazab. The narrations they mentioned that he wrote a letter to the Prophet ﷺ, O Messenger of Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent you as a messenger, just as he has sent me as a messenger. So therefore, you split up the land which belongs to the Quraysh between me and you. Why? Because these people are very unjust. So the Prophet ﷺ, he wrote back to Musaylama Kazab saying, Verily the land, it belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who is going to give it to his pious slaves. It doesn't belong to you. So Musaylama, he was desperately trying to gain power from the Prophet ﷺ, and he was trying to gain a lot of respect by doing certain things during his period of trying to be a prophet. Ibn Kathir rahmatullah says, Musaylama heard that the Prophet ﷺ spat inside a well. The water became abundant. Musaylama, he conducted his own experiment. So once he spat inside a well, the well, you can obviously understand the well went totally dry. There was no water left inside that well. Another, another occasion they mentioned that he spat in another well and the water, it became salty and bitter. Alama ibn Kathir mentions another occasion that he took a group of children and he passed his hand over the heads of these children as barakah. And some of them, they de developed a lisp and some of them, they even became bold. So Musaylama Kadab was going around trying to convince certain individuals that he was the final prophet. Amr bin Asr anhu mentions that upon occasion he went to see Musaylama Kadab when he was a non-Muslim and they apparently had to meet each other for whatever reason. Musaylama asked Amr bin Asr that what has Muhammad sallallahu alayhi said in regards to the Quran, what has been revealed. So Amr bin Asr anhu mentioned that wal asri inna al-insana lafi khusr. The whole surah was revealed to the Prophet ﷺ. Now after hearing this, Musaylama, he became really happy and anxious and he said that I also have been given a blessed surah. And when he recited a surah, the narrations mentioned he talked about animals, frogs and rabbits. Amr bin Asr turned to Musaylama Kazab and he said, Ya Musaylama, by Allah, you know that I know that you are a great liar, knowing how flimsy and how pathetic this individual was, he even went against Musaylama Kadhab even though he was not even a Muslim himself. There were many tribes that apostated after the demise of the Prophet There were mainly three groups. The first group were of those individuals who had left Islam because they had weak faith and they did not have full conviction inside the Quran as well as the teachings of the Prophet The second group of individuals who are loyal to pre-Islamic beliefs and practices. They in reality weren't ready to accept Islam. As soon as the Prophet ﷺ passed away, these individuals, they left the fold of Islam and they went back to their old customs and their tribalism and whatever they used to do in the days of Jahiliyyah. As for the third group, and in this group, 
false Musaylama as well as the one who was from Yemen, Aswad al-Anasi. So they took the opportunity that the Prophet ﷺ has passed away. So we should try to claim to be prophets. As for Aswad al-Anasi, he was killed during the lifetime of the Prophet ﷺ. So these were the different types of apostates. Now you have to understand this time period, this was the harshest time or the most greatest trial for the companions after the demise of the Prophet ﷺ. Because these groups slowly started to move away from Islam. This was causing a greater chance of Medina to Munawwara being attacked by these very same groups. Abu Bakr Siddiq was approached by Hazrat Umar upon occasion. And Hazrat Umar said, how, how many groups are you going to fight against over Abu Bakr? These people are so many. It's better that we liaise with these individuals and later on we will try to reconcile or try to talk to these people. Abu Bakr Siddiq he took hold of the beard of Hazrat Umar and he said, O oh Umar, have you become so weak and so fragile that you were great in the days of Jahiliyyah and now you have become weak when you have become a Muslim? I will never ever go with what you are saying. I will fight them till even if the dogs and the wolves of Medina, they eat my body parts up, I will still fight against these people even if they're still not ready to give the reign of a camel that they used to give in the time of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Abu Bakr Siddiq anhu, he organized 11 groups to go and combat these apostates who had left Islam. One group he sent with was with Khalid bin Walid anhu. The second group he sent with was Ikrimah bin Abi Jahl anhu. The third group was Shurahbil bin Hassana anhu. Another one was with Amr bin Asr anhu. Now when these different groups were sent to different parts of the areas, Abu Bakr sent Ikrimah bin Abi Jahl towards Yamama to deal with the Banu Hanifa. Now the Banu Hanifa tribe, they were so great as warriors that they mentioned that the army that fought in the battle of Yamama, it was 40,000 men strong. 40,000 men strong, you can imagine how great of a battle this was and what great force the companions were going against at that time. But very rarely will people realize the true value of the companions who sacrificed their life in the battle of Yamama. Ikrima bin Abi Jahl he goes forward and he stays and he comes just outside Yamama and looking at the situation, he decides that I should go and attack Banu Hanifa and Musayna Makaldab. Now when he takes this assault against the Banu Hanifa tribe, he attacks them. What happens? Banu Hanifa and Musaylam al-Kadhab, he repels the attack and causes severe great losses and great casualties against the army of Ikrimah bin Abi Jahl radiallahu ta'ala anhu. They mentioned that Ikrimah radiallahu anhu, he wrote a letter back to Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu explaining the battle in detail and what had transpired. And Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu became really upset that he had only sent him to keep Musaylam tied down in Yamama so that he does not move. Why was this? Because Abu Bakr being a general and being a wise commander, he knew that if Banu Hanifa tribe move from their position, the very first place that they will attack will be none other than the beloved city of the Prophet ﷺ, Madinah al-Munawwara. Ikrimah, he misjudged the option and he went to attack these people, but he caused a lot of loss to the Muslims and many Sahaba were injured in that battle. 
Ikrima anhu, he was ordered by Abu Bakr anhu, to go and help a certain other group of companions in another area and he sent Shurahbil bin Hasana anhu, to go and keep Banu Hanifa tribe in their own place so that they do not move. Now Shurahbil bin Hasana anhu, a great companion of the Prophet when he arrived in the area of Yamama he also fell into a misconception and he decided that I should attack the Banu Hanifa tribe because he received news that Khalid bin Walid will be coming and arriving at this very same place. He will assist me. So because of his jazbah and his zeal for jihad, he went out and he tried to attack the Banu Hanifa tribe and Musaylam al-Kadhab. But the same situation happened to Shurahbil anhu. He was defeated and he was sent back by the Banu Hanifa tribe and Musaylam al-Kadhab. Now obviously, looking at the circumstances, Musaylama and Banu Hanifa, they became even more haughty, they became even more proud. Now Abu Bakr anhu, he sent direct instructions to Khalid bin Walid anhu, who at that time had 6,000 men with him. He went directly to go and attack the Banu Hanifa tribe and he teamed up with the other Sahaba and the other companions to go and fight against Musaylam al-Kadhab. The narrations mention that Abu Bakr Siddiq anhu, he wrote to Khalid bin Walid saying that go towards Yamama with the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this is what I have written towards you that when you go and attack and you arrive at Yamama then make sure you look and observe the circumstances why you have not met a group of people who are similar to the Banu Hanifa tribe. Why? Because these people were monsters. These people were evil. These people were such that they were ready to die for Musaylama and for his cause. Khalimi Warid when he arrives and reaches his place, he observes the surrounding and he decides to split up his army and his forces into five parts. There was a right flank, then there was the left flank, there was the middle section, there was the front, and there was the behind section. Khalid bin Walid he organized his troops in the same manner that the Prophet he organized his troops, which was known as Al-Khamis. Now Khalid bin Walid when he arrived at Yamama, he decided to build a military post overlooking the battle of Yamama so that he could observe everything that is going on at that time. They marched towards one another. Now Musaylam al-Kadhab seeing the army of Khalid bin Walid anhu, where there were many great luminaries and many great companions of the Prophet trying to make his people fight for this sacred cause of his. He said to his people, he said, Ya Bani Hanifa, O the children of Hanifa, today is the day of fury. If you are defeated, your women will become and taken for pleasure. They will be treated like maids. Therefore, fight for your pride and protect your women. Musaylam al-Kadhab, he was making his people ready to fight against Khalid bin Walid. He was heating them up so that they were ready to die for the sake of Musaylam al-Kadhab. Now, Khalid bin Walid anhu, he clashed against the army of Musaylam al-Kadhab. And Khalid bin Walid anhu, the Sahaba, they mentioned, when the battle of Yamama was mentioned to Abu Bakr Siddiq anhu, tears would flow through his eyes. Why? Because of the sacrifice of Khalid bin Walid anhu. The companions mentioned that whenever we would see Khalid bin Walid in the battle of Yamama, he would be at the forefront fighting. 
trying to gain shahada or gaining the victory for the companions and for the Muslims. You have to understand, when the Muslims look at the Battle of Badr, everyone talks about the Battle of Badr, how great the Battle of Badr was. But when you look at the Battle of Yamama, if the Battle of Badr had angels descending, then in the Battle of Yamama, you had companions who had the Quran inside their hearts ready to sacrifice their lives for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In the Battle of Badr, if you had 313 men fighting for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then in the Battle of Yamama, you had 700 Huffaz who sacrificed their lives so that they could preserve the finality of the Prophet and the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And despite this, they were ready to lay their lives down for the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Khalid bin Walid radiallahu anhu, he attacks and the Muslims in the beginning of the battle, they fall short and they start being caused a lot of injuries by Musaylam and his army because of the arrows that were being fired upon the Muslims at that time to such an extent that the narrations mentioned that the Muslims, they had to push back and Musaylam and his army, they reached all the way up to the military post of Khalid bin Walid radiallahu the narration mentioned Ammar bin Yasir ta'ala anhu. He came out in front of the Sahaba. The weak Muslims they started running away from the battle. Ammar bin Yasir anhu said, Ya Ma'ashar al Muslimin, are you running away from Jannah? Are you running away from paradise which has been promised to you? Here I am, Ammar ibn Yasir. Come to me. Now, when this was happening, many, many great companions of the Prophet passed away. The likes of Zayd bin Khattab. The narrations mentioned that he was holding the standard for the Muslims on the Battle of Yamama. And when all this commotion and these running back and forward of the Muslims was taking place, he said to Allah, He said, Allahumma, O Allah, I apologize for the running away of my companions. The falsehood and all the evil that Musaylam has brought, O oh Allah, I free myself from all this. And they mentioned that he fought, he fought so bravely. Why shouldn't he fight so bravely when he was the brother of Umar ibn Khattab When he's, the death of his brother was given to Umar they mentioned that Umar he was in deep shock. And when he heard the martyrdom of his brother, he would say, May Allah have mercy upon my brother. May Allah have mercy upon my brother. He beat me towards two goods. He accepted Islam before me and he was given martyrdom before me as well. Now when all this commotion was taking place, many great companions of the Prophet ﷺ, they all became shaheed during this period. Khalid bin Walid looking at their circumstance, he realized that I will have to push towards Musaylama and the Ansar and many many great Sahaba. They managed to attack and push back the Banu Hanifa tribe and they pushed them all the way back to the Garden of Death where Musaylama and the tribe, uh, Banu Hanifa tribe, they enclosed themselves inside a garden. They mentioned that the brother of Anas bin Malik anhu, Barra bin Malik anhu, he approached Khalid bin Walid anhu, and he said, Oh Khalid, I have an idea. These individuals have locked themselves inside this enclosed garden and it's impossible for us to climb over. I have an idea that you put me on a shield and Sahaba pick me up and they throw me over the garden. I will go on the other side, I will open the door and I will let the Muslims come inside. Many Sahaba, they disagreed with this option and with this opinion. Why? Because this was suicide. Khalid bin Walid also said that, O Barra, this is destruction, you're going to destroy yourself. Barra bin Malik said, I have hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that I will fulfill this task. So the Sahaba, they picked up Barra bin Malik they managed to throw him over the garden and he fought against the people who were 
inside that garden and they managed to open the front door or the front gates to let the companions come inside that gate. Now when the Sahaba came inside this gate, they started killing. They mentioned that Musaylama, he was watching the companions come inside and this was the last point for Musaylama and this was going to be his time of death. Now amongst these companions, there was a companion who many people do not know the true value of. One companion was Wahshi anhu. Now this man, he was the killer of Hazrat Hamza anhu. The narrations mention that the day that he killed Hamza anhu, when he became a Muslim, everyone would say, there goes the killer of Hamza, there goes the killer of Hamza, to such an extent that they used to label him without his, even his true proper name, they would say, there is the killer of Hamza. He had so much remorse in his heart that the very same spear that he had, that he killed Hazrat Hamza anhu with, he took an oath and he said, Oh Allah, I repent to you, give me the ability that this very same spear, that I killed the best of creation, give me the ability that I kill the worst of creation. So Wahshi he comes inside the garden and he sees that Musaylama is wailing like a camel and there's no one there around him and he's very anxious, he's frustrated, he knows the time, his time has come that he's going to die. Wahshi he throws his spear from wherever he was and it penetrates through the stomach of Musaylama Kadab and Wahshi says Allahu Akbar. I killed the best of people in the days when I was a jahil and I've killed the worst of people now that I have become a Muslim. And thereafter, there was a time in his life where people would say, there goes the killer of Hamza anhu. And then there was a time in his life where people would say, there goes the great companion who killed Musaylam al-Kadhab. Musaylam al-Kadhab was killed by Wahshi anhu. The narrations mention and Abu Dujana anhu that these were the two individuals who killed Musaylam al-Kadhab. The reason why they call it the garden of death was according to a narration they say that 10,000 soldiers of the Banu Hanifa tribe of Musaylam al-Kadhab were killed only inside that garden. And some narrations mention 21,000 soldiers of Musaylam al-Kadhab were killed inside that garden. And this was a great honor for the companions. And whenever the Sahaba would mention the battle of Yamama, then some Muslims would become happy and some Muslims would become upset. Why? Because the happiness that they've killed the greatest fitna and the biggest evil person at that time who was none other than Musaylam al-Kadhab. And when they would remember the battle of Yamama, then the narrations mention that in that battle of Yamama, 700 Huffaz were martyred in that battle. Abu Aqil, he was a man from the Ansar, they mentioned that he was the first man to be injured on the day of Yamama. An arrow struck his arm somewhere between his shoulder and his heart. And because of this, he went to seek medical attention and he could not participate. There was another companion, Ma'an bin Adi, he called out to the Ansar, he said, Ya Ma'ashar al-Ansar, O Ansar, remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, hold firmly and go and attack your enemy. Abu Aqil, imagine. The man has been hurt with an injury which was life-threatening. When this call was made by Man bin Adi that he tried to get up from where he was lying down and he was saying to his friends, let me go, let me go. And the people were saying to him, how can you go? And they mentioned he picked up a sword with his right hand and he fought so bravely that the narrations mentioned that he was inflicted with 14 wounds to such an extent that he fell on the floor and he was injured so badly that Ibn Umar he passed by him and Abu Aqil all he said to Ibn Umar was who has won today? Ibn Umar said Abshir he said see glad tidings be happy 
Musaylama qad qutil, he has been killed. And they mention Abu Aqil radiallahu anhu, he raised his hand towards the sky and they say that in that condition his soul departed and he met Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that state. Another companion who was killed during this commotion was Abdullah bin Suhail radiallahu ta'ala anhu, a Badri companion. Another companion who passed away in this battle, his name was Ma'an bin Adi radiallahu anhu. Now this companion was so unique, the narrations mention that when the Prophet ﷺ passed away and many companions, they were crying, they were lamenting. Aman bin Adi anhu, he turned around to the companions and he said a very profound statement. He said, I will prove to the Prophet ﷺ, now that he has passed away that I am a true Muslim, just as how I proved it to him when he was alive amongst us. Man bin Adi anhu, he also gave his life for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the battle of Yamama. Two great companions of the Prophet ﷺ, Abu Hudayfa and Salim, the freed slave of Abu Hudayfa They mention that Salim, he was so blessed and he was so great in the eyes of the Prophet ﷺ that the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, he said, take the Qur'an from four people, min ummi ibn abd wa ubayy ibn kaab wa min salim mawla abi hudayfa wa muadh ibn jabal if you want to learn the quran exactly how it has been revealed if you want to understand the quran then take the quran from four people and from amongst those four people the prophet sallallahu mentioned salim the freed slave of abu hudayfa radiyallahu ta'ala anhu the narrations mention that umar bin khattab radiyallahu anhu when he was stabbed by abu lulu and when he was injured, he mentioned to the Saba, if it wasn't for the fact that Salim anhu has passed away in the battle of Yamama, I would not take any consultation from anyone. I would make Salim the freed slave of Abu Hudayfa anhu, the next Khalifa after me. This was the amount of respect that Umar anhu had for Salim anhu. Abu Hudayfa anhu, he also passed away in this battle and he became the beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Many, many great other companions Thabit bin Qais al-Shammas radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he also became shaheed and he was also martyred. And you can understand how many great companions they gave their life for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that this deen could be safeguarded and so that this fitna of Musaynam al-Kadhab can be halted and it could come to an end. The light of the, at the end of the tunnel was none other than the consultation of Azrat Umar radiallahu anhu that he gave to Abu Bakr Siddiq. After the battle of Yamama, he approached Abu Bakr Siddiq and he said, Oh Abu Bakr, I advise you and I give you my opinion that you should collect the Quran. Why? Because many Hufaz have passed away in the battle of Yamama. And I fear that the Quran will be taken away from the hearts of the people. It is best that you collect the Quran into a book form so that we can all go back to one book if their need arises. So on one side, you have the sacrifice of the companions and on the other side, we have the blessings that the companions left through their sacrifice.